0: Hello, Void, and thank you for joining me. I'm back. Yes, indeed, it is me, John Paul Hoss, and this is the Nerdy Love Podcast. I've been away for a while, and I hope at least some of you missed me. Before we get started with the fun stuff, I will talk to you today about how my Nerdy Slav productions are going to change a little bit going forward, and then I'll dive straight into... Nerdy Talk. So thanks again for joining me and we'll get straight to the business. So yeah, I've been missing for a while and this was mostly because of the workload that I had to deal with in my everyday job. But I decided that I don't wanna put this away completely and I wanna come back to recording these podcasts. They're a lot of fun for me maybe even for you as a listener. But there have to be a few changes before we get to move forward. And the primary change is that the podcasts are going to be a little bit shorter. I am going to try and limit them to the lower side of 30 minutes. They are a little bit too much to handle if I'm recording 45-minute, one-hour podcasts. I'm not saying there are not going to be any that are going to turn up a little bit longer but if that's the case i may want to split them up over a few more days i might want to limit the material that i pack into each episode just to make things easier for me and also for you as the listener so you don't have to sit through so much of my dribbling i also changed the recording time to friday And hopefully also the uploading time depends how long the post-production will take me. Hopefully not too long with the shorter runtime. I think this is going to be best because this way I can safely record my podcast at work at the end of the day when there is relative quiet around. Back home with all the pets and roommates and everything. It gets really difficult to record a podcast uninterrupted without background noise so this is just going to be the best way to do everything now in terms of the layout of the show i will still talk about the standard nerdy stuff that i talked about before but instead of doing like a boiling pot of everything i will just pick a few simple topics per episode to make stuff interesting there will not be that many newsy topics. There will be mostly topics that get me excited, get me talking, get me thinking. And with that said, let's go straight into the first topic that I have, and that is MTG kitchen table fun. So Void, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to the nerdyslav podcast. My name is John Paul Haas. And we're back. You're still listening to the Nerdist love Podcast with John Paul Hoss. And my first topic for the day is the kitchen table magic the gathering fun. I want to talk about this today because over the past few weeks, I've been making this little project of mine. I love magic the gathering and my favorite plane in this whole game is Ravnica. That was the first plane that I really got into when I explored magic for the first time. It holds in my heart the same place as Dominaria does for others or Innistrad. I never liked the other planes as much although I respect their place in magic history but for me it's just Ravnica. That's the plane of my heart. So when I saw that uh, wizards are coming up with these great products called the guild kits I said hey let me take these let me buy all five of the guild kits that they released with guilds of Ravnica and let's make a battle box out of them so I did just that I ordered the pack of First guild kits. There is uh, Dimir, Golgari, Is it, Selesnya, and Boros in the first batch, and the second five will come up with the set in January. So that's gonna be part two. But I took those, and I was looking at them, and of course they all come with the signature card, and that's this big shiny legendary. Say for Is it? It's of course Niv Mizzet. So I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, all right these guild kits they come already quite ready for just simple standard kitchen table play but what can we do with them to make this even more fun and change things up a little bit should we want to and i decided that i'm gonna turn them into brawl guild kits so some of these guild kits they have multiple copies of colors of course for lands this is a little annoying you would like to have multiple copies of the non-basic lands but you know that has to be changed as well but I'm gonna take the brawl rules so 60 cards or 59 plus commander and make these guild kits into brawl decks and so I did and what I did was I really tried to stick with the theme so when I took Dimir, I replaced a couple of the cards, like there were two copies of Dimir Guildmage, so I threw one out and I replaced that with a Dusk Metal Guildmage, so the Guildmages would be in. And I made sure, of course, that the lands are still in, I threw in a Dimir Locket, so everything was in service of the flavor. The decks look really good. Of course, I couldn't resist to buy the appropriately themed sleeves. So they are all sleeved in their appropriate sleeve colors. The uh, life counters, of course, come with the deck. So that's nice as well. And I have all of it set up for me and my friends to play. And I am so excited. They just really struck it out of the park, Wizards Dead, with this product, and I do hope that the remaining five guilds that we didn't get in the first batch, so I'm really looking for Azorius, I'm really looking for Gruul, Ragdos. you know, those guilds I can't wait to see in January, and then I'm gonna do basically the same thing. A lot of the same stuff, of course, I'm sure the folks over at Card Kingdom have me like flagged as the one weird guy who always buys um, the transguild promenades and freaking gateway plazas because those are thematic lands that I can put in a commander deck or brawl deck in this case to maintain flavor and maintain color production or mana production. I'm really happy about this. That worked out great and I hope... Every time my friends come over and we play magic, they think the same. So far there have been no complaints, but that's also because I still am fighting to convince them that they want to play with me, that they don't need to be worried about stuff, they just will play. So unfortunately some more playtesting still needs to be done, but from what I've uh, proxied and what I kind of solitared, decks work perfectly fine. They are a little bit slower as brawl but not terribly and with that we'll wrap up my talk about mtg kitchen table fun with the conclusion that all fun's always good and i can't wait for more ravnica guild kits when we come back i'm gonna talk a bit about the starcraft 2 esports so don't go anywhere void you're listening to the nerdy stuff podcast with john paul hoss and I'll be right back. And we're back. You are still listening to the Nerdist Love podcast with John Paul Hoss. And as my topic number two for the day, I want to talk a little bit about StarCraft II esports. So I don't really follow esports in general, right? I don't follow League of Legends. I don't follow Dota. I don't follow Counter-Strike. None of that. It's just not been my thing, nor has been the new Overwatch League what have you. But what I have always been a really huge fan, that's StarCraft. Ever since Brood War, you know, watching pixelated videos of the Korean uh, players, either on TV occasionally, when a short blurb showed up, or, you know, in the early days of the internet, when recordings of the games popped up on, on the internet, I have been captivated. And so with StarCraft II, I really got a lot more into it. And I'm thinking that Biscuit, late John Bain, is definitely to blame for that as well. His commentary, his enthusiasm about the game has been so influential on me. Very infectious, positive attitude for the game that just transposed uh, onto me. So I really got into StarCraft 2 as an esport and the community is great. I don't claim to be a good player at all. In fact, mostly StarCraft I play just for the campaign or sometimes custom games against the computer, but nothing too crazy. But WCS happened in November the global finals of course and there's been this huge historic thing and of course if you follow starcraft you already know that Serral, the finnish zerg player has done it after completely crushing the foreign scene this year he brought his top game to blizzcon as well and he just nailed it he one. BlizzCon itself was great in general. It was a great tournament. Seeing the games, that was amazing. Admittedly, in the finals, there have been quite a few one sided games like 3 0s where SOS defeated Maru. That was a huge upset. Of course, everyone was hoping to see Maru versus Serol in the finals, and that was the only place where they could have met. But SOS just crashed him. Then stats crushed SOS 3 nothing serral crushed dark 3 to nothing as well. Rogue versus TY, I think that was one of the best games of the tournament, just always back and forth. So then Rogue goes 3 to 2 over TY, then Serral again destroys Rogue 3-1 and then we get the finals, Stats versus Serral. And in a rematch of GSL versus the World, we see Stats, the Korean pros Master versus Serral, the Finnish Zerg, Overlord, and it was such a great showing. I mean, what a great game. It started pretty one-sided, to be perfectly honest. We saw Serral go really quickly, 3 to nothing. Serral going for his macro-heavy style, really capitalizing on minor mistakes, taking the best trades that you possibly can. But then stat starts catching up, wins game on planned, wins a game on Fracture, and all of a sudden we have a game on our hands. But then Parasite, the game in which Serral clinches it, oh my god, it's like half an hour plus game, late game, uh, Zarek versus Protoss. such a a great uh, performance from both players, admittedly, but Serral was impeccable. There was no question about that. I was comparing that uh, performance when I was watching that game with a friend of mine to Serral playing a card game, a TCG, like Hearthstone or Magic the Gathering, where every time there was an engagement in that game, in that final between Serol and Stats. Every time their units clashed, Serol usually took the better trade. Whenever they clashed, Serol tried his best to make sure that whatever units he lost were, in terms of cost, less than the Protoss army. And he did a great job achieving that strategy. Of course, you know, having a Western player, a non Korean win is huge but it wasn't just a fluke of course Serral's been consistently performing great now after uh, WCS world finals or you no know, the Blizzcon global finals we have a new patch right things change units are rebalanced so that throws the whole meta up in the air the first tournament that comes after that's of uh, some note is Home Story Cup eighteen, right? And I have to admit that that's not one of my favorite tournaments. I definitely love the WCSs. I love the GSL. I love the level of production. The Home Story Cup is kind of more casual in terms of how the casters perform. It is meant to be. It is not meant to be high stress environment. Of course, when you put large sums of money on the line, it eventually becomes that. But Primarily, it's supposed to be an event for fun. And overall, it was. I was cringing a couple of times, listening to the casters making jokes, talking about kebab when there is this big battle happening on the screen. But I get it. It's not supposed to be this high-stress environment. However, the final, once again, great, great performance. Cyril gets there, right? Rainer... This Wonder Kid from Italy doesn't make it to the finals. It'd be nice to see Rainer versus Serol again. We don't get it. We get something better. We get Innovation versus Serol. Innovation didn't have the best of years. In fact, Serol swept Innovation 3 to nothing in GSL versus the world. But this was a lot more balanced game, especially after the patch when the Terran units got some significant buffs. And so, at first, it was very much back and forth. Innovation wins a game. Serral wins a game. And they trade these wins up until the end where Innovation couldn't make it, couldn't pull through, and Serral took that decider game with, once again, very nice macro-oriented play. And I can't wait to see what happens next year uh, with... Serol, of course there are other very promising players that i hope will recapture some of the 2018 magic i want scarlet to do great she had a great start of 2018 and then she kind of tapered down i hope showtime captures a little bit of his magic i think he can be awesome as well he has definitely a lot going for him maru i hope to see perform as well as he did this year hopefully innovation will make a little bit of a comeback it's so great to see him and his really machine perfect performance when everything lines up and of course sarol i hope he will maintain the high level of performance it would be amazing if we could see sarol in fact go to korea and compete on the gsl circuit that would be amazing just seeing him consistently compete against the koreans that would be fantastic and i think that would really raise the profile of the game even more nevertheless starcraft esport is kind of on a lull for the rest of the year but with january we will start seeing more and more tournaments Uh, there will be of course wcs circuit restarting gsl there'll be the wesg so a lot of great stuff in 2019 to look forward to and maybe even shoutcraft kings makes a return there have been some rumblings from jenna Bain that she's trying to get stuff going again so fingers crossed that would be that would be really great and so this wraps up our second topic for the day void you are still listening to the nerdist love podcast my name is john paul hoss and i'll be right back with One random thought and a wrap-up. So don't go anywhere. And we're back, Void. This is still the Nerdist Love Podcast with John Paul Hoss. And we are here just for that final random thought and a wrap-up. So over the past few weeks, I've been really debating whether I should upgrade my home PC. There have been some really cool deals with the Black Friday in the United States and basically worldwide. But... I don't think I can spend quite the amount of money necessary to replace my motherboard CPU and RAM. So I've been just kind of upgrading on the sidelines, upgrading hard drives. I got an M2 PCIe drive, so that's going to be fun when I finally install that. And I got actually just today an extra SSD to replace my data storage, which is still an old school spindle drive. And... So I'm really excited about basically rebuilding my computer without massive upgrades. I'm going to play with some cable management. I got cable extensions to make things look neat and beautiful. And that's going to be my kind of DIY project for the next few weeks. So it's great that I'm actually recording my podcast at work because I don't think I will have my computer reliably available over the next few days or maybe even weeks and that's it for today void that's all that i have for you thank you for listening thank you for joining me again my name's been john paul Haas. this has been the nerdist Love podcast i hope to see you back here next week and for now i'm just gonna say cheers and i'll talk to you again soon